There are days when we wake up with the most random ideas. Then we end up wondering if these thoughts also pop into other people's minds. Not everything makes sense, and I feel like some of my thoughts shouldn't even be said aloud. I'm a clinical psychologist and part-time psychology professor, and in this podcast, I'd talk about these random ideas and in between maybe discuss interventions to some of life's common questions. Because who knows, maybe you'd find connections between your mind, body, and behaviors. This is Psychopage, listening to that voice at the back of my head. So good day, good evening, good afternoon to everyone who's listening, wherever you are. Uh, welcome to another episode. Now, this episode I'm going to do by myself, um, primarily because I couldn't invite someone to do this yet. And because I've had some realizations uh, during this day. Uh, while I was walking uh, the streets before my workout, I was reflecting and I was try- kind of asking myself, ano nga ba yung nangyayari sa akin during this uh, very political era in the Philippines? And I know I put myself out there as someone who actively talks about the advocacies, the messages, and some of the, uh, the poignant things about the pink movement and while i was walking uh, i sort of realized uh, that this whole campaign period has put me back uh, to where i was as a teenager so in the previous episodes i described myself as you know uh, a former a son of a former politician and ang naalala ko during those times that my dad was campaigning and I, I went along with the campaign, the rallies and all of the things that tried to promote my dad who was running back then as a uh, vice mayor at uh, our uh, own locality. And all those times I felt, you know, the things that people are feeling right now who are volunteering for campaigns, really tired, really um somehow rejected you might have feelings of that you also have feelings of acceptance feelings of getting testimonies from other people about what you support and that's really good and it's surprising to me that um the people that i talk to uh, on a regular basis who oh they are mostly teens and children and i find that they are more involved now as i have i mean they're compared to who I was as a teenager, medyo mas involved sila about politics now rather than me. And I find that sort of different because if you talk about politics with me when I was younger, I would just say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't really care about these issues. I'd rather just stay home, do my thing, play games. But it's surprising to me that some of the people that I talk to, especially even even in therapeutic sessions, they do have their own opinions about what is happening. 
they have their own opinions about the candidates that they would like to support. And surprising enough, um, most of the people that I talked to would mention the pink movement, more of uh, Lenny Robredo and um, Kiko Pangilinan as their, some of their top choices in terms of leadership. And I think it, it speaks to me about, um, well, a lot of things. And yesterday we were talking about uh, social media and its role on the current politics. And we all know that a lot of it, a lot of our engagement engagements in social media does inf influence the way we think at present. And for children and teens who, who are more, or who seem more engaged in these applications like Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter, or maybe even YouTube, they do uh, expose themselves a lot more compared to other generations. And yun nga yung nakapagtataka na, um, even for children and adolescents, they would find meaning into those political messages. And we all know that, uh, it, and it has been said a lot, no, no? children can really sense when you're anxious, children can sense when, uh, well, they can generally sense the feelings that the people around them are also feeling. And in some way, they can also sense or have an idea of what you're thinking about based on what you talk about. And for these people that I've been talking to in the past few weeks or even this whole month, it's really good that they do have some sense of, uh, of awareness. Like when I asked some of them, and this wasn't based on any focus group discussion. It was really more individual uh, conversations with uh, these people, and they would cite a lot of positive messages like uh, humility as a main characteristic of a leader who would, they would choose. And when I further probe, as in ask them, why not other people? And they cite facts like martial law. They cite facts like atrocities, um, violence. Um, they cite things or um, information that they learned from their teachers, like it's wrong to hurt other people. And as I've shared, a lot of my clients do have traumatic experiences. And some of the things that I really appreciate about the insights they got from that is that, you know, I'm voting, I would vote for a person who would prevent what has happened to me to happen to other people. And that speaks a lot about our humanistic nature in a way in that we do not want other people to experience things in the in history or in the past that have happened to other people and that speaks of humanity that speaks of a shared passion for well-being and i'm quite surprised that even at an early age of let's say 12 one of the youngest people uh, people that i've talked to was 12 and I was surprised that that was a conversation that he brought up. Well, uh, granted that while we were talking, there were a lot of campaign jingles, campaign um, material, or a lot of auditory um, stimuli that related to a particular candidate, a song that was literally blaring through the windows. And when we noticed that, that was one thing that he said, or 
this particular individual said. And I was quite surprised at the wisdom in what he said, that a person who is sincere, a person who is humble, a person who emanates a lot of kindness is someone who he would like to put as a leader of a nation. Because that is some, those are some of the characteristics that he would like to be shown by other people, to other people. And it's heartwarming in a sense because me uh, recalling my own um, experiences of learning about it, because I haven't, like I've said in the past few decades, uh, <laughs> um, episodes, hindi ko naman naranasan yung martial law. But then again, I know the effect of such an atrocity, the effect of such a historical fact on a lot of Sorry for that momentary interruption. Well, that is what I appreciate from a lot of the conversations I've had so far with the youth, is that they do um, recognize a lot of these facts, despite these being things that are only taught in school. At yun na nga, uh, sa akin, importante yun dahil historical facts kasi ito. And like what we've been talking about in the past few ep episodes, history is not up to debate. These are facts. These are not things that should be revised by other people just based on their whim to, will a, uh, to win a particular race or a particular elections, especially now. And I say that because you have been probably seeing a lot of facts thrown around, a lot of disinformation, and for these kids who are brave enough to say that, you know, I know the facts. I've been taught this. Sinabi sa akin to ng mga teachers ko, sinabi sa akin to ng mga lola at lola ko na ito yung nangyari. So I believe in that. That in itself is determination and bravery against, you know, what we call is the right, the wrong way to educate people right now, which is through made-up things, through a lot of lies. And I think that is important that people, especially the youth, are talking about. And we might say that, yeah, granted that there's a lot of peer influence in this, that uh, whoever they talk to, their friends, siyempre mas important sa kanila yon, And it's important for them to belong. And it's surprising to me that some of them would say or cite instances where they do have debates granted that it might these do sometimes lead to you know uh, physical and verbal arguments but myself learning about okay so it's not really peer influence that's influencing the, these kids to talk about politics but it's really their own views because whatever they adopt whatever they support is based on both peer influence and also the influence on, of parents. And I find that, especially in the upbringing of kids, a lot of the values that are taught to children or a lot of the values that they do tend to um, live when they're older comes from the family, comes from their friends. And when we imbibe a lot of values that are more positive, they do spark, uh, spark certain meanings of well-being and they have a lot of uh, positive undertones to them it sticks more as compared to those who might have other 
you know, difficult experiences in the past. And granted that a lot of these individuals that I talked to have had difficult experiences in the past. Some are abused, some were um, involved in a lot of difficult behaviors in the past, but they do tend to talk about their future as something within their control. And it's based on their own voting preferences, their own um, choice in terms of leadership. That speaks a lot to me as, okay, at least as a society, we haven't failed a lot of people who do stick to the truth or who are involved in creating a better future for themselves. Because as I talk to a lot of the members of the youth, This podcast is not a substitute for any form of mental health intervention or counseling. Though some of it may be therapeutic for you, there are also some things that are quite opinionated and wouldn't sit well with you, and that's okay, because these points may be points of new debate or new conversation. But for those listening and do think that at some point you need counseling or just someone to talk to you about your experience, Know that there are mental health professionals willing and available to listen to you, and some of them are on different social media sites. That being said, please do be careful and find reputable and trained professionals, because getting the right kind of help is also as important. I would always say, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. and. In a few years, you would be where I am right now in the same age. And you would be talking about these things with younger children. You would be talking about these things with younger individuals. And you would be having these sorts of conversations with them. So, kumbaga, it's just a cycle. It's just a revolution of whether or not we transmit the right message to children right now. Are we going to transmit a message of oppression that you have gone through the difficult things and I'm choosing or creating decisions that might harm you in some way? Is that a message that we would like children to learn? Now that is up to, that is what is up to debate. Because a lot of our choices as adults, I would say, would affect the future of these children and i'm saying that not in a self-righteous way like i know i'm i've created a lot of or done a lot of decisions in the past or even now that are quite harmful hurtful to a lot of people but then again it speaks a lot about our capacities as adults and that we are building a future for children again it's not just for ourselves, but for the well-being of those who would come after us. And I think that coming through these elections, that is something that's important in saying that we do not revise just based on our own values, just based on our own desires, but it's also based on what we want others to have in the future. And if we choose violence, if we choose a lot of misinformation, how do we transmit a lot of the values of education? How do we transmit a lot of the values of 
trying to help other people, if we ourselves also support institutions of oppression, institutions of this owning the truth, institutions of trying to revise in some way just for our own personal gain. It's also quite interesting how if given the movement of the youth during these political times, they gravitate towards the pink movement more than any other movement. And I think that speaks of the power of what Tropang uh, Angat and Gobernong Tapat has on the youth, because these are, again, the people who would inherit the future, our society. And I'm also reminded of a recent issue between uh, senatorial candidate Lauren Legarda and her son. And in that, uh, well, I haven't read the whole thing, the whole article. And there are claims that this, this article might actually be fake. So I'm not quite sure. So in the sense that, that I might be proliferating this information, I am not saying that I totally believe it. But then again, that speaks of a lot of conflict that might happen between family members, especially the youth and their parents. And it's a, an inevitable thing that you might have a conflict between some of your family members, especially now. And it comes from possibly the lack of communication, the lack of give and take. And what we're seeing right now is that you know, in the same way that people might say, respect my opinion, or don't even try to educate me. We're also saying that while you are frustrated about people who might be closed-minded about your own opinions, there is still a value in reaching out, especially from the people, the adults who might be, or who are said to be more knowledgeable than the youth, there's still a value of reaching out to the younger individuals, our children, our relatives, our neighbors who are, well, they might be 20 years younger, 30 years, years younger than us, but there is quite a certain sense of wisdom that children would hold. And it is that sort of sometimes bluntness in terms of, uh, or frankness, or that honesty that sincerity that they would be able to mention certain facts about yourself that you're not, sometimes you're not even aware of. And that is something good to know because for maybe for the longest time you haven't noticed that. And when a younger uh, person, a child would be able to point, point that out to you, that might also be a sense of, or a sign that you might need to listen more rather than talk more. And for families that have been having a lot of conflict regarding political views, I know mine have been, has been um, sort of, you know, uh, a little bit difficult to deal with, especially during dinner conversations. But then again, at the end of the day, when you are a family, you would choose what is more important to you. Is it your opinion or the people who surround you? But at the same time, I'm saying that when it gets to that point, as family members, we do need to listen more to each other.
and respect. This is the kind of respect that we must offer each other, especially in times of conflict, in times of divisive uh, decisions and all. And as I talked to a lot of these individuals, either online or in person, I couldn't help but feel you know, uh, a lot of emotions swelling up because as I look at them at, in their eyes, there is a lot of hope. And I think that is something that we need to stick to, especially now. Uh, and for those who are advocating certain um, principles and values for yourselves, go ahead, talk to children, tell them about your own experiences, and they will listen. That is something that is quite surprising. They would listen and they would pay attention. They would know what is up. They would listen to you in such a way that when they're able to get the message that you're transmitting to them, they would also be able, and that is my hope, that they would also be able to transmit that to their future children or the other younger individuals that they would talk to in the future. And that is a point of this whole episode. I think it's me advocating, me as a person who would think that if I were be. I was able to talk to myself when I was younger. I would tell myself to be more involved. I would have tell, told myself to be, you know, more socially relevant, to fight for something. And it might be guilt. It might be a lot of resentment for the things that I have gone through as a teenager, as a, as a citizen of this society. But in the end, what do we fight for? If we do not fight for things that are important to us, what is the point of our existence? What is the point of fighting for principles when you yourself, or what is the point of telling people to fight, to stand up for their principles, if you yourself could not stand up and fight for your own? And with that, I leave you with that final message. So let's go out on May 9 and vote and make decisions not just for ourselves, but also for the well-being of those who would come after us. Thanks for listening to me. Uh, that was sort of a rant. That <laughs> is also sort of a note for all of those who think that the youth might not be relevant during these political times because of their age. But again, they would be inheriting everything that we would be doing at present. And think of that. Think of that before you go to sleep. Think of that when you meet your children. Think of that when you meet kids on the street. Think of that when you see a lot of news involving a lot of the youth. And think of what that 13-year-old or that 12-year-old self of yours would be thinking about you, talking about the principles you're holding, talking about the things that you are also saying and talking about the ideas that you're spouting from your mind. And again, think of that voice at the back of your head saying that there is always a choice. There is a decision to be made here. And if you stand up for those decisions, then you have in all essence, use the potential of your human for the good.
Thank you for listening to this episode of That Voice at the Back of My Head. I hope you enjoyed it. And for more episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Anchor FM, or from anywhere you get your podcast from. This is Psycho Peach. See you in the next episode.